You're listening to Al Yoshi Did It Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi and Lilith Arvai. Lily, you want to start it off because、um, this is kind of unusual show. We're、sure. here in Pasadena Ice House、uh, with our good friend Brian Ripband. Hi.、Um, and this is Yoshi didn't you're listening to? Yeah. But、uh, this is really、Redband、weird. Studio reminds me of the episode of Fantasy Island in Love Boat. Remember <laughs> the character from one show will go to another one,、oh. and、uh, yeah, yeah. I have to be Love Boat because Asian boat people. So. <laughs> Or when the Harlem Globetrotters went to Scooby Doo. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs>、um, yeah, she's still fresh off the boat. Yes, thank you. Because I sound like real Asian.、Um, Bobby Lee was making fun of me. I can't get rid of this accent. I'm not even going to fight it.、It's、have you、late. tried? Or I don't know how. You know, my brother's three years younger, and he doesn't have any accent. He sounds like surfer, skateboarder. He's a professional skateboarder. So. Yeah, but you know, like, 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 if you just said professional skateboarder. Like if you just say, "All right, I need to say it like professionals," you know, like really、yeah. focus on every word you say. You can't do that. Like try to right now. Try to just say, "Hi, Brian. How's it、Enunciate. going?" Enunciate. Yeah. Hi, Brian. How's it going? Try it again. But this time, <laughs> go. Hi, Brian. How is it going? Hi, Brian. How's it going? Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. We、I、gotta do. Have you watched My Fair Lady with Audrey Hepburn? No. They teach her how to how to speak like a a real woman. And you go, yeah, maybe watch that movie. <laughs> maybe watch that. Teach how to speak like a woman. I don't even know if, if if I could even fix it at this point. Yeah, you can. You, you, you can think so? I think it's just laziness, mouth laziness. You don't.、Mm. I th- I think the part of the problem is I. I'm incredibly shy and get nervous around people. I know. You know David Cho very well. He get very angry whenever I hang out with him. And the first thing I do is I'll get my cell phone kind of. Check my emails and things like that. It's because whenever I'm in a room for people I'm not familiar with, I get really anxious and like not comfortable. So I gotta f- do something. Why is that? Is that just an Asian thing? It could be Asian thing, but that, I think just me. I was never comfortable around people, which is ironic because I do stand up and things like that. But but I think there's a lot of people like even Joe Rogan two days ago on DVD ASA said、um, he wasn't like a class clown or anything like that in high school. You know. And but he would make his friends laugh, you know. So I was very shy、mm-hmm. growing up. Like I, 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 I still am. Like that's why I wear hats so much because I, I get put in a lot of situations where I just want to put my bill down and just、yeah. kind of like not let people see me. <laughs>、uh, and and that's you know like growing up, I was an artist. I didn't hang out with any of the popular kids. I got、yeah. beat up.、Uh, I just hung out with other artists. And then I hung, started hanging out with Asians because I found out Asians were good artists. Yeah, and they had the best pencil boxes and erasers, like those little white erasers. That, oh, they do. Yes, yeah, you're we, right. The, those are Korean too, right? I, I don't、and、know. The blue. Yeah, the box. The, the blue box that you slide out, and us Americans like, have those pink ones with like、yeah. half pink, half gray, and that were just horrible erasers. Yeah. But you guys had like really amazing erasers and cool <laughs> pencil boxes. Um, going back to your hat thing, <laughs> Brian was into stationery、yeah. and stuff too.、So cool. But it, isn't it interesting when you have your hat down, people can see your face. Some people might interpret it as he's being arrogant or cocky or, or think better than everyone. Or be, people just interpret these things even though they don't know you. Oftentimes, most of the time, people 
feel uncomfortable or anxiety in a social environment. And, you know, funny thing is Dave never asked, like, why do you do that? I would tell him because I get really uncomfortable and nervous. Instead of that, the guy would start yelling at me, like, you're being a jerk to my friends or whatever. But that's not often the case. He just don't take the time to ask me because I don't respond very well when people are yelling at me. Right. You know? Well, you need to talk to him. You need to set him down, take him out to dinner. And like, look, you, you need to talk about my feelings more. <laughs> you know, <laughs> get romantic with David. Oh. It's really because I've known uh, Joe for like 10 years and I've known him for like, what, five, six years now? You know, you guys are very nice guys. And Joe is very respectful. That's the thing. As big star as he is, he's never pulled out, you know, who the fuck I am kind of thing on me or anyone else, you know, but... You're a funny comic, though. If you weren't a funny comic... Yeah. Or if you just weren't a comic, you'd probably be different with Joe. Yeah. Because Joe doesn't really like talking to people he doesn't know unless he respects them. Right. Because he's so honest, Yeah. you know. With Dave, it's just, you know, maybe because he's younger than me, but it's hard to talk back to him, Brian, because... When he gave me career advice in stand-up, which it drives me crazy because he has no business, <laughs> he'll go up for a couple hours talking, people listen to him because he's a famous person. Mm-hmm. If they didn't know him, I don't think they will respond as well as he thinks they will. Because if you're starting stand-up beginning, I don't care who you are, you bomb. Even Rocky, Chris Rock even said, and all the great ones, in the beginning, it's never that easy, right? So, but it's hard for me to refute his advice because he'll always go back... I'm the most successful artist. You know, it's, it's, it's that amount of success he has. And everything he says he's done, successful. He turned everything to go. Yeah. So it's hard to talk back to him because of that, you know. Well, you don't have to talk back. He could kind of take a little piece of what he's saying mm-hmm. and, and, I don't know, go with it. But I don't know. Yeah. That, like, it's weird when I... I could see he's a, like a really successful artist, but has he ever done comedy? You know, I mean, he hasn't. And that's like a completely different thing in a lot of ways. He spoke at UCLA like six months ago. Yeah. For like two hours. It was really, really funny, I have to say. It was really funny. It was really in your face. He dressed up all red like Eddie Murphy. <laughs> and you, you want to get money, you want to get bitches. This is how you do it. He was talking like that at UCLA, you know. And it's funny. But once again... He's a funny guy. He's a funny he guy. He has a good sense of humor. He's, he's, got, he's got a great sense of humor. Yeah. Once again, if they didn't know who he is, if he's starting performing, it's not easy. Um, yeah, I, I, you exactly. Know. Um, anyway, I, I really appreciate you letting let us come here because I'd like to get to know more about you. You're very mysterious. I, I was really surprised I couldn't find any Wikipedia page. And shocking to me, I guess you've been trying to get one. Well, at first I didn't give, didn't care, you know, for a long time, and then I got mad because there wasn't people had all these facts about me wrong, mm-hmm. or they would say all these weird things about me. So then I'm like, all right, that's what Wikipedia is for, just so you kind right. of have like a universal biography, you know, that that everyone can see. And like, and what? So I decided to I'd try to find how to make one. So yeah. so a couple people made like really basic ones. I mean, we just looked at. I think I looked at, uh, shit, I don't remember her name. I looked at this other comic, and I just kind of basically yeah. copied hers, and I was like, that, that's what mine should be, and this guy made it for me. Right. And uh, then it was taken down, like, in a week, because it was like, ah, this guy's not important enough to have one. Same thing happened to me, yeah. Yeah, and then a couple other people tried after that that I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. I don't even know these people. And, th- and they tried it, and the same thing happened. And then I, I got in this really angry mode because 
a good friend of mine, Vicky Pezza, spent a lot of time making like the perfect Wikipedia page. She yeah. made one for Sam Tripoli. And if you look at Sam Tri- Tripoli or the Naughty Show, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like the most amazing Wikipedia ever. So she did all this work and spent all this time doing it, and then they, they pulled it right away. And I mean, I, it was linked to you know things I've done in the past, like the Carlos Mencia versus Joe Rogan mm-hmm. video, and and like all this other crap. And and like I mean, I started Joe Rogan's podcast, right. you know that, and that's on Sirius Radio, that's you know, huge. I, right? It's number one podcast yeah. in comedy category in the whole world. Yeah, and it, it, the other day it was number three in all podcasts. Yeah, and it's like okay, so I'm co-host and producing a podcast that's considered one of the you know the top podcasts in the world, but yet I can't get a Wikipedia page. So then I got on this whole thing where I got pissed off, and mm-hmm. and I realized that like porn stars automatically get Wikipedia pages. Yeah. Like if the second you do porn, you're automatically qualified. So then I had this whole thing that I was going to do a porn video just so I could get a Wikipedia <laughs> page. And wait, you know, are you? Are you- that's half joke or you've seen it was kind of a half joke yeah. you know i don't give a shit anymore I, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of to the point where like it would be funny to do a porn video just to get a wikipedia page yeah and make it like a part of the plot or something mm-hmm. like like i was thinking of doing it more like like we go to find out where wikipedia's headquarters are and try to like like do like sex outside back like out back yeah. of wikipedia like where That's the dumpsters are oh, or something that would be awesome <laughs> or Punch the guy who created Wikipedia. <laughs> right. I better not say anything bad about Wikipedia. No, no, I, I, I like him. <laughs> so, so then I went on this whole thing, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, everyone, I, I talked about it on the Joe Rogan podcast, I talked about it on a few other podcasts, and then all these other people tried to do Wikipedia's, and all these other people were like, oh, I have connections, and, and all this stuff like that. But then I just kind of it fizzled out, because it, it kept on getting taken down over and over and over. And now with like, you know, like getting like the number one iTunes, like iTunes gave us like the number one podca- pa- podcast and comedy. Which is confirmed. That, confirmed, yeah. Mm-hmm. And all this other stuff has happened. You know, I created Death Squad, which yeah. is like a pretty cre- big thing. Uh, and I'm a comedian now and like all this stuff, but I still like can't get one and it just drives me fucking mad. Do you, do you think it's politic? Maybe there's someone that doesn't like you. Well, I think that's possible. I mean, there's a lot, I have a lot of weird mm-hmm. enemies that, that, that people which i don't understand because there's so many fans for the show and i, I don't know whose idea was to start the podcast i'm assuming it was yours or you, you 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 the rogan one yeah uh well what happened is is for a while i was trying to do i was hired for joe a long time ago just to make well, well, the, first of all how yeah. did you meet him uh i met him online actually okay. i uh what i was living in ohio and I was bored out of my mind in Ohio. So what I would do is I would hang out on message boards of Joe Rogan and Doug Stanhope. Mm-hmm. And I got kind of close with Doug Stanhope where to the point where I would go to his shows and yeah. I'd make these short little videos. Great and, guy, great comedian. Yeah, great comedian. And he would let me just record little parts, like little yeah. chunks of stuff of his show and make little videos of it so he could put on his website. This was before YouTube. I was really good at... Uh, making videos really mm-hmm. small so you could put them on uh, and that was kind of unheard of somebody that could edit video and make videos really small for your website so i would do that for doug and then joe was like hey you should do that for me and i started following joe on the road here and there he would like fly me out to texas to like record some shit and make a video and and then uh then one day he just called me up and it was like hey uh what do you do for a living and i was like well i'm about to quit my job at gateway and mm-hmm. and he goes well, what they, you- are they even around anymore? no no what ha- this is crazy how it's like a computer yeah. with the uh, cow color right black and yeah, white yeah black and white boxes this is actually like i have this whole thing recently and it's probably just because of how much weed i smoke but i have this whole thing about that like i really believe in the simulation theory like mm-hmm. we're on just a simulation somewhere yeah. we're just sitting there in the computer going ha 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 like the sims yeah 
And uh, <laughs> so Joe was like, hey, you know, I want to hire you. Why don't you fly out to California? You leave in three weeks. And mm -hmm. uh, I was like, oh, my God, all right, this is great. Do this full time, just following Joe around and filming, making videos. So I go to Gateway, and I'm like, hey, I need to put my two-week notice in. And he goes, actually, actually, before I even said two-week notice, I'm like, hey, can I talk to you? And he's like, weird, I need to talk to you also. Come to my office. I had a two-week notice I was going to give him, and then he goes, we're closing all our stores at Gateway. We're going out of business, and so here's your your pay. Oh. Uh, so I got paid like $3,000. Nice. And like so I like, yes, yeah, severance pay. Oh. And so I was like hiding my two-week notice in my pocket. I'm like, and he's like, what do you want to talk about? Oh, my God, nothing. You know, but, <laughs> but uh, so but it really was it meant to be. Yeah, the yeah. day the day I was putting mm -hmm. my two-week notice, and they, they told me that. And so then, you know, I flew out. And, and I how long goes, was this? Uh, this is almost 10 years, probably 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, Wait, you've been working for Joe for 10 years? Yeah. I, my, I didn't know that. Yeah, my first couple of years, uh, I just followed Joe around and made these things called the Joe Show, which was like short video clips. Wait, how come I didn't see you at the Man Show then? Um, that's when I met Joe. That's I, right when I... Right when I first moved out here is when he was filming the Man Show. I, I was in the audience a few times, but oh. I didn't like... I didn't so you remember, remember Brody was... Uh, yeah. yeah. I, when I first met Brody Stevens, he was the audience warm-up, and right. I actually hated Brody when yeah. I first met him, which is weird. Very because, common experience. Yeah, though. because I was like, who's this Nazi guy making me clap so much? Yeah. You know? This Nazi Jew. <laughs> yeah, this Nazi Jew. <laughs> but, but, but what's crazy is that's what Brody, a lot of people, when they first hear Brody, they don't get Brody. So yeah. they, and I had the same things. But uh, for the first few years, I would make these little short video clips called The Joe Show, and it was just pretty much like 15-minute like videos of me following him around at the comedy store. And then... You guys are way ahead of the time. I, th I thought yeah. you guys yeah. just did this like three years ago. No, wow. this was a long, long ass time. time ago. And then uh, somebody at the comedy store kind of got mad at me because they, they thought we were just doing a reality show. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say who, but kind of got mad at me and told Joe, like, look, Brian's not allowed to film here anymore and stuff. And then for like six months, I would still go to the comedy store with Joe, but I would have cameras hidden just in case right. something fucked up would happen. Right. I would pull out my camera and record it, you know? And the Carlsman Sia versus Joe Rogan fight happened that night, and I just happened to have a camera, made that. Wow. That became big, whatever. Joe got banned from the comedy store. I kind of got banned from the comedy store because I was not supposed to be filming. I didn't go to the comedy store for like three or four years. And then... Did you release the, that video knowing that there that they might ban you from the comedy store and Joe too? Like was no, that No, no, see I was thinking I was thinking that the comedy store was gonna go, Wow, thank you so much for this advertisement of right. the comedy club. Yeah. I even at the be if you look at the video at the beginning, I even say you know filmed at the world famous comedy store and it had like this big comedy store at the thing at the beginning that yeah. like zoomed in just to show the club. I thought they were gonna love it to death. Not what happened, and they got pissed off, or at least that person at the comedy store got pissed off. And and I honestly think there was a lot more to it. It was more like behind the scenes stuff. Like I think that person just didn't want Joe there anymore, and this was the perfect reason to be like, "Aha, get out of here!" Uh. Finally, but we just interviewed him on Tuesday on DVD ASA. Joe we Rogan, talked, yeah. yeah, when Joe was there, and he was wonderful, and it was really interesting talking to him. I was more worried about other comedians supporting him, and thank God, you know loyal friends like you and Ari, you know, because Joe is such a big, he got kicked out of comedy, so he's fine. He's gonna, really, yeah. He's gonna, he could go anywhere else to right. perform, you know, but I was really worried about Ari and, and, and anybody else supported him, you know, because 
we need stage time and you know comedy mm-hmm. is important but i'm glad you guys stuck with him because yeah. look at now who's laughing now you know yeah it was that was the coolest part if you look through the video at who backed up joe yeah. during it because that's what they're thinking in their head like oh shit i can either do the right thing mm-hmm. or i could possibly say something that would get me banned from here and you know like steve renazizi don barris uh, ari all those guys were like uh ingram was w- w- all perfect i mean they, they 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 stood for what they believed and what, what they believed in was like hey this guy's stealing our jokes yeah. our hard work and look you know look at carlos mencia now you know yeah. th- that dude it, it, do you even know where he is like I, <laughs> I if you've seen him he he looks like he weighs 60 pounds yeah. and, and you know what that is that's depression that's that's him being checked and not being able to steal material anymore and i don't know man like i, I heard the other day that he goes on stage does fake shots of water and then acts like he's drunk. And then he has this part in his act where oh, he's just sad. acting like he's drunk. That's so <laughs> and I got this from people that work at comedy clubs. Like, yeah, man, it's so weird. He's taking these shots of water we give him. And just he's acting drunk now on stage. And I'm like, that's sad. <laughs> yeah. I have a mixed feeling. I got to tell you because I have friends that work for him. And uh, he's always been good to me. But I don't understand. It's not even like. It, it's. I don't even want to waste my time talking about the moral issue. It's just like. I think he really believe. I really believe he believes the narrative that he talk about. You know, uh, he believed that he didn't do anything wrong. You know? Yeah, there's a few comics that the, the more after that happened, that more that light has been put on to people that steal material and stuff. There's a few guys that are still working today that you know, we, we like you don't want to be the comedy police. I I, I never no. wanted to be the the guy that's hey you better stop. Like I I don't give a shit about it. And you know? Joe wasn't either. Right. It's it just that he was. We got thrown into that yeah this video but there's a few people that still do it to this day that mm. you, you same thing you can kind of tell like this person's just doesn't understand he's stealing like mm. he's just like it's it's like i know somebody that went up to this one of the guys the other day and said mm. you know that's my bit yeah. and the guy acted like like oh my god i, I didn't realize that's know. like uh people who've had ptsd you know and they kind of um they'll PT, uh sorry post-traumatic stress oh, disorder right. i've had that yeah mm-hmm. She's got a master's degree in addiction and psychotherapy. So, oh, so yeah, she, I got yeah. robbed by gunpoint. <gasps> oh, that's right. Yeah, when was I, this? A uh, year and a half ago. Oh, in, my God. In Burbank. Oh, my God. A gun to the chest. Had At this, your home? No, it was coming out of Dimples karaoke bar. <gasps> and this guy just came out of the bushes with a gun, put it in my chest, and told me and the, my, the girl I was dating at the time to, like, you know, give all his shit. And then we had to go in the car and, like, lay execution style on our stomachs. Oh, and, my God. Yeah, it was fucked up. And I was scared to go outside for a couple months like every time it was yeah. dark i was like freaking out and running to my door i was if i saw a black person at the at, at the grocery store i'm like that's him i could tell it's him yeah. you know and like it was it was really fucked up did they harm you or no they didn't harm me or anything but they just scared the fuck yeah, out of yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh i'm so sorry to hear that did you get any therapy after that no, no 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 but did you, you avoid going places or you said you I just didn't go out well that dim- I, I, dry- I live by that dimples karaoke that was one of my places I would go to all the time to people watch and uh, I've gone back once and it was sketchy being there I just don't go there anymore like I don't know it's yeah. just weird for me to be there I don't know yeah. that's really weird Burbank doesn't seem like it's like one of the safest cities it, it, statistically well that's where the money is so what they do is they People go there to rob instead of going to like you know Compton to rob. Yeah. Right. Oh man. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm glad you're okay though. Yeah. But the the point I, the, yeah. the reason I brought that up is because people people who've been traumatized tend to dissociate. 
So that's what it sounds like Carlos Mencia is doing, like, or people who, who lie uh, pathologically, too. They dissociate so that they really don't have any idea yeah. of what they're doing or what's happening because they're not even really fully conscious when they're I, doing I don't that. I don't want to kick, you know. I, 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 yeah, we I, should I, move on to this. No, you know, no, I do. mean, I, 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 he's, he's, he's been good to me personally, so this is really hard for me to say, but I, I just hope that he's given the opportunity to turn things around and not do that and uh you know because yeah. he's still in my opinion comedian and like it you know mm -hmm. i think he's paid his price honestly yeah like if he's here right now I'd talk to him like yeah, I, yeah. I would not give a shit yeah i don't I, because i don't i don't think joe and you are vindictive but you guys were put in spots so you you know you're gonna fight back you right know? yeah um two things one wikipedia thing I, I can't guarantee anything but my roommate joey kurtzman is an extremely smart guy he's best friend with david cho and um, he's one of the six to seven hundred administrators in English language. So his background is medical school, and um, he helped stuff with Patrice O'Neill. You know, I guess there was an incident when he was a teenager accused of rape, statutory rape, or something. So some fan or ex-fan who hated him always will put that in the in the line, um, saying rape instead of statutory rape. And you know, he was like fifteen or sixteen. And, you know, it's a long story, but. He made a correction. They haven't ha had any problems. So I think I, I, I'm not, I don't want to just do that for you or ask Joey to do that for you mm -hmm. because you're a good friend. Because it is number one comedy podcast in the world. Because yeah. whenever I go to Scandinavia, they always bring up your podcast. And then whenever they hear, like, I know you and Joey Diaz and, like, Ari Shafir, like, you know, you guys are like, like a co comic book heroes from comic book, you know, <laughs> and people kind of read it. Well, so it's a really yeah. strange. I, I I was surprised because I was doing I was doing research on you today and like it's really weird. Why why you didn't have a Wikipedia? That sounds strange to me. It is strange, and it, it, like, there's so many things that don't make sense. And I think a lot of it is like you know who's behind the curtain because you yeah. know uh, there was the guy that was like, oh, I can get you Twitter verified yeah. because I have a lot of people that are acting like me on Twitter or. Yeah. You know, a lot of these people I've like reached out. I'm like, hey, can you please stop it? You're not me. Mm -hmm. Can you just cut it off but but this guy was like guaranteed like oh dude i, I have a connection yeah and then he tried he's like oh man i don't know what's happening they, they, they're not returning my mint for twitter yeah and then you look at twitter there's somebody with like a thousand followers that is verified that you're like who <laughs> yeah. the fuck is this guy and it's like with the wikipedia thing it's like you know who knows what the real reason yeah. is i i I, w I i really don't care anymore but i do to the point where it's kind of like all right man it's 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 just not I don't understand you like Wikipedia if you want to be like recognized as something that's kind of legit mm -hmm. you should at least not be there should be no favoritism like no. like if this guy has done something you should fucking show it instead of just like this girl's been fucked by two black guys yeah. so she gets a Wikipedia page that's yeah. so stupid to me you know It's almost insulting you know right. not not to put porn down in any way but for some you for what you've accomplished and what you've done and and to not be able to get a Wikipedia page, yeah, it seems so like it'd weird. be a little hurt. And I think you need it because there's times people are asking the same question over and over. You get tired of it. Right. So you could put like where you're from, right. how you met Joe, things yeah. like that. You know, just save, save you some time. But yeah, I, I really didn't know until today. Like, I want to read up on it, a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, I was really surprised you didn't have one. And porn stars are pretty um, obvious one. Like, it's easy to get. I don't know I why. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's that kind of blows my mind. Oh, yeah. Because... Usually, <laughs> where you know the people and men are sexist towards women, and women wouldn't get something like that granted to them. Let's just say, um, 
and not to be, sound like a total feminist, feminist um, cause I'm not, but, um, but for you, once again, who's accomplished so many things and you have a strong resume right. to not be able to do that, but a porn star does. I mean, what does that say about our culture and what we put out there as worthy to be on this encyclopedia for the internet? Can I give you my uh, theory on that? Yes. So people usually write things in Wikipedia that they specialize, right? So I, th I think it's usually guys who usually write things about porn stars. Okay. And maybe it's, it's, I'm not saying they're doing something questionable, but it could be, they could tell them, hey, you know, I'm the one who wrote this shit for you. It's the porn girl, you know. I mean, oh. I'm, not, I'm not even necessarily saying they're parlay in favor. I'm not even saying that, but, you know, it's, it's kind of nice. But you to, are, kind of. It, it, it's kind of <laughs> nice to tell the girl, like, I'm, I'm, I'm the one who put it up the Wikipedia thing for you. And yeah. the girls want attention. A lot of the people in the porn business get attention, so that could be that. And mm. with you... I could easily see a guy successful working with Joe, and let's be honest, you have a lot of pretty girlfriends. <laughs> That's a reason for guys to just kind of hate on you. Yeah. You know? um, but oh uh, gosh, if that yeah, which t can totally be the case, but that's so just childish. But I, I love Wikipedia. I mean, it's it's you know they destroy uh, encyclopedia yeah. business out of business. I could have never imagined, but um, they're very important. I like it. I use it all the time. I have nothing against it. I just think. You need to have the right people talking to them. So, problem with Joe is he's always got really odd work hours. He's always going back to Japan for work. So, whenever I can, whenever you, whenever it's convenient for you to hang out in Beverly Hills, we'll go lunch and yeah. have him do it because he is, he really is one an administrator. Cool, that'd be uh, great. So, we'll get you on there. Yeah. So having said that, <laughs> since I didn't have a Wikipedia information on you, Brian, so what? <laughs> What was it like growing up in Ohio? And then I understand how did you get interested in Japanese stuff? Because, like, this is, you know, like me, this is Doraemon. Yeah. Um, as a kid, I remember watching this. So unusual that you're very knowledgeable for a white guy. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, why Japan, of all things? And, like, Ohio seemed like such an odd place for anything Japanese. Well, it's weird, man. It, a lot of people don't understand, like, when you grow up in Ohio, like, we had, like, Two or three black people at our at our. I, we went to a big school. Mm -hmm. Two or three black people. Uh, we had, I think, like two or three Asians. Mm -hmm. We had no Jewish people that I even remember. I don't remember even hearing the word Jew until right. I was older. And and so is this Columbus, Ohio? Columbus, okay. Ohio. Yeah, yeah. College town. Uh, it is a college town. Uh, I was in the suburbs in Dublin and Worthington. Mm -hmm. And um, it, you know, I remember when Mexicans first started showing up and we were I was like whoa who are these people and my mom was like oh they're scary get away and I'm like like yeah. I was like that was my first impression of like uh Mexicans when the, yeah. and I remember seeing my first one I was like what is this guy but uh, uh so when I went, was growing up uh the um I didn't have many friends like I was saying earlier and I just hung out with all these artists and then one of the guys uh his name was Akira and one of my favorite cartoon movies uh growing up was akira and right. i was like that is so cool his name's akira he he's japanese and whatever and so i started hanging out with him because he could draw and 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 he also had like all the coolest fucking toys ever like when we were still playing the atari and mm -hmm. stuff like that he had like the famicon which in, you yeah. know was america's nintendo so i was playing nintendo like a year and a half before he was even in the united states right this was like the best friend ever i was playing mario while you know no one else knew what mario was and uh and it was really you know i just was so fascinated with not only like the culture and all his toys and all his cool comic books like dama and and like fist of the north star and yeah. all that crap 
that I was just, it was like being at a toy store that only you could go to, you know. So that's why I was so, you know, what first started. And then there was another girl, there was a girl at my school growing up that was Japanese, and her name was Konami. And that was (laughs) the name of a video game company growing up. So I was immediately attracted, like, wow, she's got the coolest name also, Konami. And she was really hot. And then ever since then, I, I don't know, I just... I think it was because, you know, there wasn't many Jap- Asian people out yeah. where I lived, so that they made it, they were unique, you know, and I don't know, now it's become a full-on fetish where I'm just, I'm But what, why did you think you were so, <laughs> why did you think you were so open-minded even at a young age, in a place that wasn't really, I'm not saying it's, they're racist or anything, I never have a problem with Ohio, I like Ohio, but you yeah. seem like pretty progressive. Yeah, I, I guess it wasn't, I never grew up. I didn't grow up too racist. I think I think the you know Asians we didn't like with my grandmother. My grandmother was kind of racist growing up. Whose grandmother wasn't? But mm-hmm. it was more kind of like oh, there's a colored person working at the grocery well, store. Well, my grandmother was like, racist too. You know? <laughs> and I was like, what colored person? That's so weird sounding. But uh, but with the Asians, I never really you know I I thought they were cool. I mm-hmm. just I. Uh, I thought they were pretty cool. But what's what's weird is now trying to find all my Asian friends growing up. They're gone or deported back to Japan because they were only here for only in Ohio to work for Honda, yeah, the Honda oh, plant or something wow. like that. So now I don't even know how to find these people or if they even exist anymore. So, uh, but I don't know. I, I I I'm I've just always loved Japanese comics and art and and movies and mm-hmm. I, I don't know whatever got me attracted to it. But yeah, it's. I like I want to like I went to Japan recently and I want to go back so bad like yeah. I, I would go to Japan almost once a month if I could just because the people are just so much more polite and mm-hmm. cool and nice and 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 you know we had uh Eddie Van Halen on a podcast yesterday wow. and and he lives in Japan now and he just takes He does? Yeah, he moved to Japan about I think wait, wait, like, you, you had David Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen on the show both No, of them? just David Lee Roth. Oh, okay, David Lee Roth. Okay. I'm sorry, did I say it? But, but yeah. I, I meant David, David Lee Roth. Wait, he lives in Japan? Yeah, he lives in Japan now, Tokyo or something. Yeah, Tokyo. Why? Um, they were going to do a tour uh, starting off in Japan or something, and it got postponed, so he decided just to, fuck it, it's postponed in 11 months. I'm just going to s- still continue to go to Japan and live for a while. So he got a small apartment. He he takes class every day to learn Japanese. He teaches. He also uh, teaches class, or he he goes to a class to learn how to use uh, a sword uh, and all this Ooh. other stuff. And what is that to be a samurai? Yeah, I don't know. I, listen to the pot is really interesting. Uh, no, to I downloaded. I didn't have a chance to listen to it, but this is shocking to me. Yeah, it was shocking to me. And and, and see, I think that's badass because when I only, I only was in Japan for like three days or two days. <laughs> And I barely slept. Like the first night I was there, I uh, took a cab to you know to go to all these like strip yeah. clubs and all this other like you know the red district or whatever. And then I didn't take a cab back. I just wanted to try to walk back to my hotel and walk yeah. through this like these little cities or towns or whatever the hell I was walking. There. I got completely lost and and like I, I think I was walking for maybe like seven hours or something like that. And I, until I got back to my place, but it was so cool because I it was like safe it felt super safe yes it was so clean yes and it was just it was like going like on an adventure exploring something when you're a kid on your bike but i was doing it in a whole different country and just walking around and seeing those like little police stations on every corner right. and, and these little markets you would walk in it was just it was so cool it was just so foreign and alien to, you know compared to the united states and 
I could see myself just living there. I, 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 would, I would live there easily, I think. Well, I, I, I also got the feeling that you kind of like Asian girls. I love Asian girls. Yeah. Place, like, I'm, I'm straight up addicted to Asian girls just because they're... And there's, they have a lot of those in Tokyo. Yeah, I know. Not only do they I... They have love hotels, too, I just found yeah. out. Oh, yeah. I want to get soapies. You know what soapies are? No. Yeah. You know what soapies are. Yeah. What are soapies? Where you lay down naked and they put a bunch of soap on you and then they use their body to massage you and they're completely wow. naked and so they're just rubbing. Yeah, they kind of slide across you and things like oh, that. Oh, that yeah, sounds it's really great. hot. But uh, you could do that yeah. here too, you know. Oh, you can. <laughs> I, I've I've already researched, but no, I think Asian women are beautiful. One, but I also think like like I dated this one girl briefly and you know it was just amazing like how she like every time we go to bed she would wash me and be like why are you washing me and i was like i thought she, for what long time she worked at a massage parlor right. you know no that's just what she does she she grew up to take care of her man type thing yeah. i was just like so unnecessary and it kind of at first it was like no stop don't this is ridiculous but then after a while it was so cool like i'll just be like so tired i would lay down and next thing you know she's wiping my face down and wiping my whole body off with cloths and then putting yeah. lotion underneath my eyes and i'm just like oh, like green tea stuff and i'm like what the hell <laughs> i mean it's just I, I just think i don't know how how asians are brought up or is so interesting to me because mm -hmm. it's you guys have you, you've been brought up really well but i'm sure there's also a lot of things that you know hidden secrets that are like oh you know like a lot of shame stuff and like I, I did talk awesome a lot of it because I yeah. don't, I just didn't like, I just don't like showing any country everything positive. You have to balance it out with the problems they have, you know? Mm -hmm. and, I, and, I, and I got in trouble in the past talking about bad things about Japan or bad things about Korea and China. And, and it's not because I hate them, because I wanted them to get better, you know? Because it's really, it's a shame driven society, so people really don't want to talk about it. And, most Japanese, their tendency is to just ignore the problems, you know. Right. And, but I, I love the fact that people like yourself going to Japan or Asia, because as a kid living here, people are just afraid of Asia. It just even, I couldn't even imagine 30 years ago, sushi would be so popular. Yeah. Unimaginable. Mm. Yeah, me neither. Because you're, you're too young to re remember, but it, my friends would get all grossed out. They thought... <laughs> Some lady in the neighborhood that we were devil worshiper because we <laughs> ate raw fish and things like that. But people's attitude about food, people, country can change for better, you know. And I don't think we get enough credit to this country because I, I get tired of Americans who were born here saying how racist we are. I feel it differently. For, have, for us to have so many different kinds of people and vast majority of time we get along or ignore each other, it's just those few unfortunate incidents that make news when there's a racial or kind of crazy incidents. For the vast majority of time, America does a wonderful job integrating people, and there's nowhere else in the world that does it as well as we do. We don't get credit for that. Yeah. And you know what else you don't get credit for is, is, is one thing I thought was the most amazing thing in Japan was how everywhere you go, everything was advertised by cute cartoons. You know, like, yeah. that's, I think maybe I'm just, you know, I am kind of a man boy. I, I, it's more of just like, I just like, I don't know, I'm not a serious person. I just like toys and yeah, cartoons so and shit like that and video games. But like everywhere you go, like even if it's a beer, it would be like this cute little cat drawing, drinking a beer. And it was, it's just, it's like being a Disneyland, yeah. the whole country's Disneyland. And as an example, like the girl I dated, uh, uh, she would make me like these little, She's like drawings. Yeah, she, she made me these like little drawings all the time. I even keep this in my wallet still. It's like a fake driver's license that she drew with me on it, mm -hmm. and it's just, it's cute and adorable. And mm -hmm. 
I think that's one one thing that like you know like uh, non Asian girls they rarely have that adorable thing about them where you're, they're just so cute and like they're you know they're 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 wearing socks with little cute little pictures on them. I mean like they're it's almost like maybe I just like I have a joke in my act that yeah. that the reason why I like Asian women so much is because having sex with children is illegal. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but. Uh, that's you know there's some truth that I, I don't have sex with there's children. There's an innocence, yeah, yeah. but there is an innocence. Yeah. There's, an, there's a cute, adorable thing about it. It's interesting. I'm friend with Asakira, who's on DVD ASA, mm-hmm. and you're familiar with her. I'm in She's love been with on her. your show. Yeah, um, <laughs> I bet her know, name's Akira too. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> oh, Lily's really good at re- 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 uh, recalling stuff. I was a therapist. <laughs> but it's really interesting. She's not that popular in Japan because. She's more sexy than cute. It, that's the thing with Japanese guys. They like cute over sexy. And I just wonder why is that? Is same it reason intimidating? You're the same reason you're porn censored in Japan? No, 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 no. It's just they like girls are more sweet and innocent looking versus like real, a wom- Like sexy. a girl who looks like a schoolgirl as opposed to a woman like us who's just very curvaceous and beautiful and, and sexy. Yeah, I, I wonder is it because... As a woman. Most Japanese guys think they can't get a really hot, sexy girls. I bet or, that's part of it. Or is it because they think innocent slash naive looking girls are easier to control? I I don't quite understand why. I like both, but I just it's say a lot of a group of people what they're into, you know. Yeah, and being um, intimidated by a lot of men in general, I feel are intimidated by strong, confident, sexy women, which also definitely represents that. And she's for not. Sure. She she doesn't hide it. And, no. Uh, and maybe seems like uh, from what you and Brian are, are talking about, just in a culture that kind of has everything on a more childlike innocence level, yeah. that that is what also becomes attractive in the sense of beauty and yeah. femininity is keeping it the, for, for sure. For sure, there's a Japanese word called kawaii, which is like cute, but like I don't even explain. It's beyond cute. And Taylor Swift was on. The Letterman show, and she was saying something about why she's so popular in Japan because it's because kawaii, and she said that, and the way she said cute was so cute the way she said it, you know. <laughs> um, so Taylor Swift, like, she's really cute, beautiful, but she's more cute. Yeah. But there's other singers that are, like really sexual, like Katy Perry wouldn't be. Yeah, like, I, I think it's popular. I, I would think Taylor Swift would be more popular in Japan, even though Kate. I'm Kate I, uh, Miss Perry's, I'm sure, popular in Japan too. Like Beyonce's, like too sexy and too way much of a woman, you know. Like, what does that mean? What's too sexy and too much of a woman? I think she's too really intimidating. It's too, too, yeah. But what's, I think the, what's intimidating about it that you? Can't I think you don't think Beyonce is intimidating to a guy, beautiful, mm-hmm. rich, talented, and like force of a nature during Super Bowl. You know, she's she's a great performer, great but performer. Y- but I think to most guys, she's intimidating. For, at because, least for me. Well, yeah. I mean, I think intimidation is just is also just a reflection nice. of what of an maybe insecurities <laughs> within yourself yeah. that you feel that you're not good enough because that's ultimately what you're saying I'm not good enough to be with someone like that. But that's not well, necessarily that's what I'm the sure truth. When it comes to uh, Beyonce, <laughs> you know. But but I think the flip side to that, women being sexy, too sexy, and and, and too beautiful, or whatever that is. Mm. Um, Put, does put them in a box themselves. Like Beyonce is now classified as something that now competes with a man. Now you're competing with a man. You're not really, if you're a woman, but if you're a porn star, if you're, you're performing more yeah. sex, you're, that's still 
you're there to service men essentially and then you're still in that role of submission and da da so yeah. therefore you're not a threat but a woman who is then kind of more at the level of what a man is I guess you could say is threatening I don't know it's, it's their I, sexuality I, I, is threatening because a sexual well, a woman's I, sexuality is really strong. I I was strong. I, I was, <laughs> I, I've been to Chilean many times because I have friends work there, and whenever there's a hot star show up, everybody clap and go hoo hoo, right? But uh, one time when I was there for Beyonce, she walked in, every, everyone was just stunned because her face and her body—it's almost like anime. It's just too perfect. Does mm-hmm. that make sense to you? Oh, right? yeah, but I, I think she demands respect. And no, that, everybody respects her too, yeah. but like. How does somebody usually when you have a girl that have a pretty face, her body's not that perfect. She everything was perfect about her. Like it didn't seem norm, real. Yeah, yeah. There's a few girls like that 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 I would feel the same way. I would just want to stare at her. Yeah, and then I would find myself like not even reacting, just looking. And I think I think men in general have very uncomfortable relationship with. Uh, beautiful women like even in the english language the way we describe beautiful women it's really really odd like drop dead gorgeous bombshell a breathtaking Foxy. i mean yeah there's all these words that describe beautiful women in a very uncomfortable light i don't know why maybe there's a reason why men in middle east cover women because maybe they don't trust themselves you know but um i don't know why we're talking about beautiful women <laughs> because we got we're talking yeah, about yeah. beautiful asians where we got I, like I met, uh, there's this girl that mm-hmm. I'm in, like I saw the this this artwork recently, and that's an, I'm a huge artist. I mean, I always was an artist growing up. Yeah. And uh, there was this girl that um, I fell in love with her art, mm-hmm. and I didn't even know what she looked like. And then I saw who she was, and now I'm obsessed, and now I'm addicted. And she's Asian. Uh, her name's Zoe Milk, but oh, wow. like she's the, one of the most cutest, adorable people ever but yet her artwork is so intense and amazing and 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 oh, sexy cool. like 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 i'm looking at one right now where it's this girl and she looks like it and she's in some kind of bondage gear and she's, what, what was like her she has, name again her name's soey milk s-o-e-y milk and uh her artwork is like the fact that she does that mm-hmm. like i'm obsessed like i would i would rather meet soey milk than beyonce because yeah. i don't listen to beyonce's music or, okay you know what i mean but the fact that somebody that beautiful makes such beautiful artwork that that's like the, the the biggest thing to me ever that just that's my like wow is she, is she korean uh you know what i have no idea but she looks cute yeah <laughs> <laughs> she has the cute factor going I, I like her art yeah i wonder if david cho knows her i wouldn't be surprised yeah um, hook it up <laughs> <laughs> so growing up in ohio did you study japanese language too um, no, I didn't. You, didn't. I, you know, I was. My friend tried to teach me because he would give me boxes and boxes of comic. Like, like you know those manga, those big ones. That, yeah, yeah, where they called first or something. I yeah. can't remember what they're called. Young or something. Yeah. That's it. Young. And uh, he would give me boxes of these when he's done, or like just like uh, other kind of comic books. And I wouldn't know how to read anything, so I'd just go through and look at the pictures and try to follow around. But sometimes he would like try to teach me. Yeah. But uh, it's, it seemed impossible, you know. I mean, you'll pick up if you live there, full yeah. guarantee. Yeah, yeah. Probably not be able to write it, but probably be able to understand. Speak it for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah that that would be an interesting th- thing, like living somewhere and just trying to learn the language by just being there. Yeah. Is that how you? Did you just l- grow up learning English, or? Well, my problem was, I grew up in Japan, even though I'm ethnic Korean. So right. when my parents got divorced, my mom left myself and my younger brother with her older sister, but they're ethnically Korean. So they didn't speak any Japanese, 
I didn't speak English. I didn't speak Korean. So it was really confusing for us because we were, we were trying to communicate with people that barely spoke English and only spoke Korean. And yeah, first couple of years were really tough because we have to adjust their Korean way home. But when we leave the house, you have to adjust with the American way, which things are considered polite in Japan was not polite necessarily over here. So like we have to un- unlearn a lot of things and that was really confusing. And we moved to Naval Town in Bradmonton, Washington, and there was a lot of anti-Japanese soldiers, um, servicemen that served, you know, which understandable, terrible things happened to them. But yeah, it was a rough couple of years. But even with that, I'm really, really glad I lived there because my friends are not happy living in Japan. Because you, being a foreigner, people don't expect certain um, obligation because you're not Japanese. They do. So that's a bit of a stress for them. That's why we have a thing called uh, karoshi, death from overwork in Japan. Yeah, it's yeah. because businessmen were working themselves to death. So right. now they, they have, what is it, by law that they have to take time off. Take time off Good now. luck with that because they always find a loophole and they go around. Isn't it, that ridiculous? Yeah. That's I mean, that, that freaks me out a lot because I actually saw, I forget, I think I saw like a short documentary on all about that, about, you know, this guy that overworked himself to death and he had a new child and yeah. everything. And it was really depressing. I and mean, that's just sad to watch. But, you know, I, I think another, like Dave, when I was talking to David Lee Roth about the, all that. And How long he, he's been there, by the way? I think he said like nine months or six oh months. Oh, my God. He's serious. Yeah. And he and he you know he made an interesting fact that like you know how how all the girls out there it's really hard for them because they everyone has black hair you know mm-hmm. there's not like people that have just blonde hair out there right. so everyone has to try to be unique in their own way right. so and 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 I think that would be so taxing on you to you know if you're in a country where almost everybody had the same hair color and right. and, and trying to break out and be your own identity I, I think that would drive you crazy and then being forced to or or having this shit pounded in you that you have to work what six days a week is that what you got yeah. japanese six days a week and it's it just seems like they they need to do something did you watch the documentary um something i dream of uh, jiro yeah the sushi, yeah everyone i talked to love it lily did you see that one i haven't watched it yet. it's on, on netflix, netflix. Yeah, yeah it's great it's good i think i heard you guys talking about it on joe rogan's yeah. podcast which i listened to i'm one of those <laughs> crazy person that may, got angry watching that thing and the reason is there was a part he was talking about how much work he was doing he loved working and he said i find passion in my work and everybody you know like wow this is a master whatever but that's the problem with I have with it. The Asian people find passion only in work. They don't find passion in life, life you know. Yeah. And mm-hmm. anyone who visits places like France, especially southern France and southern Spain, but in Italy, okay, granted, they go a little overboard with the relaxing part of, <laughs> compared to Asian people, but they really love life, appreciate life, enjoy the family. And I watched this guy, Master Chef. Anthony Bourdain told me that it's the, it's the best restaurant in the world, if I remember right. For sure, the best sushi restaurant in the entire planet. But when I listened to Jiro's story, he neglected his kids, <laughs> you know, probably neglected his wife too. Right. And I don't want to, this is the part I like of America. Like, you, you can't have balance if you really want it here. And you just, right. almost impossible to find in Japan. So I think whenever I criticize Japan, it's because I hate to see my friend live the life that they do. Um, 
And it's great that you guys go to Japan because you, you get to the best of the two worlds. You could always come back to the States if things doesn't go, out, uh, go right. Mm-hmm. But David Lee Roth obviously having a great time because he doesn't have the other Japanese obligation, you know. Right. So it's a perfect situation for him. Is there, is there progressive pockets in Japan that are like, all right, that's the old way. I, uh, I'm going to own this uh, little yeah. coffee shop and I'm just going to, you know. I think it's easier in um, big cities. But boy, Japanese, you know, someone asked me one time, what's the religion of Japan? And some people, it's Buddhism, Confucianism, uh, Shinto. But I think um, Dan Orechi, who recently passed away, he's a historian, film critic, and one of the giants of a Japanese culture and film. He does all the criterion Japanese film uh, commentaries. He said the religion of Japan is being Japanese. It really is. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's a hard one because I... For long, until I was 10, I thought I was Japanese, until my family said, no, you're ethnically Korean. <laughs> and I lost a lot of my Japanese friends because of it. It's, it's um, um, not because they were bad people. They do everything by group. They don't want to stick out. They don't want to be embarrassed in the social environment, you know. And my family's embarrassed by the way I behave, too, you know. Uh. I'm used to cutting myself out of that scenario. Um, but I do know when I talk to my friend in Japan, they tell me secretly there are a lot of Japanese who are good, they just don't know how to get out of that group mentality, you know. And extreme example, there are many kamikaze pilots, they didn't want to do it, right. but they feel like obligated, so they did like, what the fuck, I guess I have to do it, and they do it without complaining. But believe me, that's not a normal thing to do, you know. But it's the group thing, like, if I don't do it, I make myself, my family, my whole town. Disrespect yeah. all that crap. But I think you got to live your life because you want to live your life, you know. Yeah. And, um Breaking out, yeah. not, being, not being the guy with the black hair. The same, you know, you have yeah. to be your own identity, and that's Japan, I guess. Are there Japanese Americans that feel as strongly as you do, and, and Brian, as you do too, about this philosophy? Knowing, I mean, you know a lot about the culture that go back to Japan and maybe try to be some sort of agent of change, or do well, you even hear about it? In many, in many instances, Brian's probably more Japanese than Japanese American because during World War II, when they were sent to internment camp, oh, the yeah. parents are afraid for their kids, so they were making they they really went out of there to make sure those kids are like non Japanese as possible, looking like Japanese. They have no. They don't even concern. speak Japanese. A lot by, of them don't. By and, now, right? And yeah. Out of the all, all out of all the Asian groups, Japanese American marry outside of the group more than any other Asian group, because of that trauma from World of War course. II. Of oh. <coughs> And my friend Miki, who we had him on the podcast and we released the episode this week, he's Japanese-American. He was teaching English in Japan for five years, and he released this episode on clip on YouTube, Is There Racism in Japan? And anytime you do anything wrong in Japan, they say, oh, you must be Korean. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> he's Japanese-American. His parents are both Japanese, born in Japan, you know, but it's really hard to criticize Japan. So I believe... People like yourself, foreigners going to Japan is a good thing because they see the way you live. It changed their attitude. Like, you know, Brian's a very successful guy, happy guy. There's, there's, there's no other possibility of living a life instead of Japanese way. That's why I think it's really important that foreigners go to Japan. It's called Gai Atsu. Mm-hmm. Gai means foreign, like Gai Jeans, like foreigners. Mm-hmm. Atsu means pressure or heat. So it's foreign pressure. So only way Japan really would change, we put a lot of pressure on Japan and people inside of Japan brave enough to stand up and change it, you know? Well, do you think the internet... I'm so sorry, Brent, but I was just... Really quick question. Do you think the internet has influenced the has youth at right? all in Japan yeah, to change? Has to. Right? Yeah. 
it's weird. I, I would have imagined I would have to, or mm-hmm. everybody, you know, not just yeah. J- Japan. But, you know, when I went to Japan, those brief three days, yeah. I did meet somebody that I became really good friends with. And I talked to her almost every day. Yeah. And she's Japanese and she's a stripper. Yeah. And uh, which she has to be looked down upon, I guess, in, For the, sure. in the culture and stuff. Yeah. And But, you, you you know, I go on her Facebook and she's having the time of her life. Right. You know, and, she, and if it said that she was living in Los Angeles, California, you would look at her Facebook and go, yeah, that yeah. looks like she's in L.A. right yeah. now. But it, it ha- I wonder how she lives. I would love to talk to her about mm. that. You know about yeah. the stigmas. Sure. Yeah, does she is she a part of what is the the gang out there? Yakuza. Is that, yeah, yeah. Is, is that because the only way she survives because she's a part of that, or is she you know protected somehow? Yeah, or, I wonder. I, I I think those people are really really brave because if you stick out, you, there's a consequences. But I'm glad. See, like I'm I'm not I'm once again minority because my Asian guy friends get angry. When they see Asian women dating White guys, guys? outside, yeah, I, I don't really care. I, I think why I, do they get care? Because they're having a hard time getting Asian girls. They're, they are. Yeah. Have they even tried getting American or non-Asian? No, but that I can mm-hmm. imagine. I can. I can kind of see that as an Asian guy, you can't even get a girl from your own race because they don't even like you, and yeah. then the other races don't even want you. Yeah. It, there has you know, to be girls a, with Asian. This fetishes. is generally, generally speaking. I mean, I used to like Koreans in high school. I did have crushes on Korean. They, I think they, <laughs> things are changing because. I, I thought that would never happen, but um, <laughs> a couple of my friends were saying things. See, that's embedded I, in your head that you think that. Well, the, the way I grew up, like being Asian or Asian culture wasn't popular. You know, I'm 43, so I remember when it was really, really bad, and I should get beat up in um, the Ramachan because there's a lot of World War II veterans, and their kids are my classmates, and you know, I got beat up by Filipino kids, and Filipino people are nice, but every time I get beat up, they're saying, this is for my grandfather during Bataan Death March or something, right? Jeez. And like, I'm thinking like 10 or 11, like, I don't know, I don't know where the fuck is Philippines, I don't know why Bataan Death March. <laughs> so after that, one of my favorite subjects was history, because I, I always read up on it, so I don't even know who hate me and who might want to beat me up for something that happened in the past, you know, I, I try to be read up on it, you know. But I think I think things have changed. But my friend told me, "Aren't you happy that Asian guy from Walking Dead is getting a white girl?" And I think like, why would I give a fuck if I wow. if I if I'm not getting the girl? Why would I give a shit about other Asian guy girls getting white girl, or whatever? Do Jews get really happy when other Jews make millions of dollars? I don't I don't understand. <laughs> that. Is that really no, but Jews are one of the only few people that also get pissed if if a Jew dates a non-Jewish person I have found. Like I know Why why is that? It's same thing. It's embedded keep keep the race, you know, pure just like yeah. like what Hitler wanted it to do almost yeah. in some ways. But it, it, it it's it, uh, I dated a Jewish girl and mm-hmm. like she was ashamed to tell her parents or she was scared to tell her parents, I guess, and you know, and I, I I have a lot of Jewish friends that they would not even go on a date yeah. with me because I'm not well, also because I'm German. But <laughs> there's a lot of Germans in Ohio. I'm not 100 percent German and German Irish, but you know, same thing. I think I think problem with my friends, it's it's just a shitty excuse because I tell them, look, I I really don't think I think you can't get those Asian girls because it's really you. It has nothing to do with you being Asian vast majority of time because you got to ask yourself what, what are they doing so differently from Asian guy well maybe you should be nice to them maybe because I got criticized by my friend in Japan one time I opened the door for the girl 
and got her in. And mm -hmm. my my male friends in Japan were like, "What the fuck are you doing? Like, what? Because you just take that for granted. That's what you do here, right? Right. Mm -hmm. They thought I don't know what they were thinking. They were mad about that because so. you were opening the door for an, a, a lady. Yeah, That's I guess so you don't do that over there. I guess. No, you also do a lot of. Don't you have to like walk ahead of the woman too, or why, something like why, that? I, no, I don't do that. Yeah, when I when I briefly did, I do dishes, I clean the house, and uh, my. Aunt, in America, aunt, it is respectable for a man to be chivalrous, but it mm -hmm. sounds like in Japan, it's not. No, it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah. I think they have to walk I don't ahead know, of I don't the girl. Think, yeah. I don't think they're being rude, but they're, it's just like. Whenever, when, whenever a guy do things that it's not a custom, it just—I don't know if it's sexist reason or whatever—but it's just weird for them. They can't process that. And like my attitude was like, even if it's weird over there, what do you care? I did it, you know. Right. I don't have to follow that rule. That's why they get really angry because I look like them. It's like, <laughs> it's like everyone in Japan are like PC computer. I just happen to have Apple operating system inside. So I look like them, but I don't act and behave <laughs> like them. But yet you have viruses. Yes. <laughs> yes I, have Good lots, one. I, I have lots of tons of viruses. Um, That's interesting. Real quick, I wanted to add, because I, I dated a, a half black, half white guy for a little while. and Podcast over. Um, sorry. I know. I'm tainted. <laughs> okay. um, but an interesting thing about him was that he couldn't identify with either side. It was really hard for him because he looked black but he's also light-skinned yeah. so there's a perk to that there's an advantage of being a light-skinned black man but he was also never considered white which is hard because his mother was no white. he doesn't belong really anywhere anywhere yeah. right? right so he only dates white women and there is there's like this cultural phenomenon of whitening races in america because racism i disagree with you yoshi is still very pervasive in america we don't no, 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 see no, no. it as much no 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 i i, I didn't see but it. i didn't say it, it is still a struggle for people I, who are I not didn't. white to come up in anything so if you whiteify mm -hmm. your your race mm -hmm. that's asians getting with whites that's mm -hmm. any other group mm -hmm. getting with a white person your children have a better yeah. chance of survival and success in america i didn't i didn't say there was a racism but i i'm i'm it's this is all hypothetical people. It, it's it's relative, right? Because racism is terrible. But if you yeah. went to places like uh, Eastern Europe, Yugoslavia, where ethnic cleansing was around, Afghanistan, I mean, yeah, there's they're, not they're, that kind of turmoil here. There, the level of a yes. hatred is at another level. And I'm not saying what we have is good. I'm not saying I, I'm I'm not an idiot. I know there's problem, but yeah. I'm just saying whenever other countries say America's racist. It's because those people live in the mostly homogenous country, so they never deal with other races, so they think they're not racist. In the reality, they're not racist because they haven't dealt with other races. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying it's easy to kick America because we make news whenever something happens. But I'm right. telling you, my experience in America, it's, it's, it was fantastic. Whenever there has been a problem, it's because of it's other Asian people, uh, i.e. David Cho. But anyway... Um, <laughs> But I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying there aren't races, but I'm just saying if you go to other countries, it's not even racist. It's beyond racist. It's the systematic way of trying to ex exterminate that group. Yes. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. I, I don't want to I, – I, it's very easy to say things bad of America. I'm just saying I like to say as a minority, uh, model minority, um, <laughs> that we don't get credit because a vast majority of the time when people do get, a, uh, get along, we don't – that that's not making news. That's, yeah, because at the end of the day, here that doesn't make news. The only minorities still have rights. Yeah, and and on the news that you make is whenever something bad. I'm just saying, uh, for most part, we don't get enough credit for the good things that come. I'm here. And, yeah, uh, you uh, know, yeah, yeah. I'll um, second that. I know. 
I'm sure we're running out of time, but I do have a couple of questions. So you guys are number one podcast. Um, why, why do you think why so many podcast shows are like in LA? Like even though the top podcast show, vast majority are made over here. And I ask my friend New York, they're they're not that popular. People listen in New York, yeah. But they don't make. I mean, it seems like LA is like the center of the universe when it comes to podcasts. Well, yeah. I mean, well, obviously it's because that's where all the comedians are, and I think comedians have really taken over podcasting. I mean, there's a lot of comics in New York too, which is kind of weird, but it's but, really weird. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea why. I, I would imagine that the biggest thing is because there's more studios and stuff mm -hmm. like that out here. We're in New York, I think, you know, like, where are they going to be doing podcasting at, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it seems like radio still dominate that area. Yeah. I don't but, know. Do you, I, I don't hang out in New York much. Uh, I've only been there a couple times. Mm -hmm. are, are they still kind of old-fashioned-y over there in New York, or are they kind of... It, it just seems like, because, you know, uh, Werner Herzog, the great German uh, director. Oh, yeah, 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 I love... Very uh, good guy. Yeah. yeah, I know. And uh, two occasions, when he was talking to Henry Rollins, Rollins, he said, Los Angeles is the most important cultural center in the world. And Henry Rollins laughed, but Werner Herzog was very serious. And in New York, Werner Herzog said, New York City is the most important city culturally, in, in innovation, and everything. LA is the most important city in the world. And I agree with him because I think as great as New York City, and I love uh, East Coast, it really is looking at the old world, the Europe. I think LA... You know, you know, you, someone who's interested in Asian culture, is facing Asia, and in the South, we're facing Latin America. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff that's opening here, and I think we get bad credit for being, like, phony and stuff, mm -hmm. but I don't understand why people hate LA. Like, you don't like waking up in traffic. November. You yeah, don't like to, You don't like to wake <laughs> up in November at 80 degrees, and you know, you know what people I think are friendlier. And I think the biggest thing is, is that everyone out here is trying to be in the same industry, yeah. entertainment, so a lot of people's egos are really inflated, mm -hmm. and so, like, it's really hard. That's why it's hard to go, you know, you go to, New, or you go to Los Angeles when you first move here, you, you like, I'm from Ohio, where you, every time you open the door for somebody, you say hi, you say Very you polite. Know, very polite. polite. You kind of grew up, like, how, like middle America apple pie yeah and then you come out here and everyone's just doesn't say a word to you you know everyone's looking at the ground or on their cell phones they're just busy 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 yeah. trying to go to so yeah I, I could see why I didn't like LA when I first moved here for the first two or three years I, I was like kind of like Ugh, this is I can't I don't know if I can I'm gonna like this place much longer now I can't even imagine moving out of I here. love Los yeah. Angeles yeah. I mean I lost my job last year and lived in New York for about five six months mm -hmm. uh, I loved it over there but I just love LA. It just have that. I don't know what it is. I love the energy here. I like the people here, and I like that. If you want to try something different with your life, most Americans, but especially people in Los Angeles, are like, go for it. You know, mm -hmm. even however, no, no matter how unrealistic you might accomplish that, at least people give you benefit of the doubt. You don't get that in Japan. I mean, people don't even dare talking about their dreams. No way. Yeah. No way. It doesn't exist. No. Yeah. Don't have dreams. That's only for sleeping. So what's what's your like dream, right? I mean, have you accomplished everything you want to? Because I'm astonished. I mean, whenever I was in New Zealand or Australia or Europe, they ask about you guys, and they don't. They don't. Even, well, now they probably know that I know you guys. But back then, especially in Scandinavia, you guys are just massive. Yeah. There was a, there was a, a uh, Russell Peters just wrote me a, the other day a text 
Yeah. And he was in Perth, Australia. And he was going through the lobby of the hotel he was staying at. And the guy was just standing in his lobby checking in and had a death squad shirt on, like yeah. one of my shirts. And that's in Perth, yeah. Australia. That's yeah. the farthest part of Australia possible. And, you, you know, I mean, w- what I ever wanted to accomplish, I mean, back when I was growing up, I just wanted to be an artist. I wanted yeah. to make cartoons. And then yeah. I kind of wanted to get into radio I, I, when I was a senior, like in high school. I was yeah. more kind of like, I wanted to be a radio DJ. And then it kind of just turned into, I want to do computers. I want to do film and yeah. videos. And, and, it, and I've pretty much done all that shit now. And now, out of nowhere, I decided to focus on comedy. And that's what's really starting to really pull my le- leg now is just doing stand-up comedy. Yeah. And I, I don't know why. I think it's just, I think making people laugh is one of the greatest feelings ever when you get off stage and people are like, wow, you know, you made me laugh. You made me happy. It's addicting, you know? isn't it? It is a huge laugh. It's a, it's a crack. So now I don't even know what my, what I, what, what my ideal end of this story mm-hmm. would be. It'd probably be something to do with comedy or, or, I don't know, continuing to do what I'm doing with podcasting and maybe taking this to the next level of something. When you else. guys do episode 5,000. 5,000. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, yeah, well, hopefully I have a nice, hot Asian wife. And <laughs> <laughs> well, what has your experience no, been like uh, with Joe Rogan, and and has he been an influential figure in your life? Yeah, Joe, I mean, if if you met me 10 years ago, you would not even want to talk to me. I was a totally different person. I was mm-hmm. just Ohio through and through. Yeah, uh, My mind wasn't as active, I guess. Joe has really put me through uh, looking outside the box type He's very yeah. open-minded. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I owe everything to Joe, really. I mean, I, doing this, doing, you know, living out here and just yeah. being able to do, you know, what I wanted to do. And working for Joe, you know, hasn't always been the easiest because the the biggest thing about me and Joe's relationship, which is so odd, is that Joe is like the extreme opposite of me. The only, like, like he's the... You know, the the guy that works out all the time that likes sports and yeah. like anger and like, ah, you know, and like, you know, muscles and, uh, <laughs> and and kettlebells. And I'm and I'm like cartoons and sleep and, yeah. and, and you know, toys. And the only con- thing that we have in similar together is, you know, like very few things like 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 we both like technology. We yeah. both like art and that's about it. You know, so it and comedy has really put us together, too. Yeah. But you know, working for Joe has been amazing. Like, he's probably the the best mentor a person could ever have. Yeah. And it really makes me wonder what I would have been doing if I didn't, you know, yeah. decide to come out here and drop my whole entire life and move out here. And Because you know, that was really a hard, as easy a decision as it seems to move out of Ohio, when you live there for 30 years, it's kind of like re- a really big jump for you to like sure. sell half your shit. Yeah. And I mean, I was I was with a girl that I had been dating for eight years. Yeah. I wow. moved out here and I brought her out here also, you know, and uh, and uh, it's, it's it's pretty weird to think about what what if, you know. Well, what was your parents' reaction? Like, were they worried for you? I think they both thought that it was going to be temporary. Like, even my uncle who said he lived in Los Angeles for three years. Yeah. He's like, you're not gonna like it. You're gonna be back. Trust me. Yeah. I hated it out there. And uh, I, 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 I remember the first five years or so. My mom was like, "So you still working for Joe?" Yeah. I mean, like they, they're, they're pretty surprised that that I was working for him as long as I did. Yeah. And then when all this podcasting stuff 
came out started and everything like that just recently i think they're like wow you know you've made it you've you've yeah. got your shoes in the right place and you're facing the right direction and hopefully that continues you know but they might they must be incredibly thrilled and proud of you they are you know but, came but, from ohio but, making it big in la yeah but unfortunately i'm a really dirty comic and the podcasts i do uh are pretty open and dirty and gross are, are they and, pretty religious my mom is, you oh. know, my dad's pretty like quagmire, you know, like <laughs> from Family Guy. But uh, but it's, it's 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 it sucks feeling like like they're proud of me, but yet they don't know what because I don't want them to listen to my comedy. I don't want yeah. them, like I was just in Columbus, Ohio last weekend and played the Palace Theater, which is this huge theater. Did like, they come and see you? No, I, I, I told them not to. And, so, <laughs> and, 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 and but what's scary now is that that I think they figured out how to do podcasting or listen yeah. to podcasts. Uh-oh. And so now I think they're starting to listen. Yeah. And I'm really scared because, you know, there's been times where I'm talking some crazy shit that yeah. they don't know about. And I, I don't know. I just hope they don't judge me too much. But whatever. <laughs> it's weird being having parents proud of you for something they don't know. Yeah. I'm yeah. on the same boat. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So well, you know, if, 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 if if they ended up listening, I'm sure they're not going to listen to this episode. If they do, I just got to say, even with my our dumb little podcast show, it's it's it, we forget sometimes how lucky we are to live the life we do. You know, we have a lot of freedom. Many people have nine to five jobs that they probably hate. So once or twice a day, they have a chance to listen to something where they could forget their problems and uh, you know have fun listening to our stories both good and bad, and uh, I think it really helped people because, I mean, Joe was really nice. You guys were really nice to have myself and David Cho on, and um, I was a little reluctant to talk about what happened in Japan with my stepmother and things like that. I started talking about like three years ago, but I talked on a couple other podcasts, no response, but on your, I mean, a couple of response, but on yours was the biggest response. I had people from all over the world, like something happened to their one of their parents, mother or father, stepfather or stepmother, did something bad to them, and they're frustrated because there's nothing that they could do unless mm-hmm. they're willing to cross the line like I did. Mm-hmm. And they don't have the luxury to beat somebody up or worse and go to another country. But it doesn't make their life any better, but give them sense of like relief that... They're they not are, the only one. They're not the yeah. only one. And in fact, we're going to Austin this Saturday. I'm going to meet with this oh, kid. Lucky. And uh, something happened to his dad, and it's really, really bad. And um, I'm going to see him. He became a comedian because of it. You know, he's dealing with it. But, yeah, well, I can't say enough. You guys are very nice to have me on. You didn't really. You guys went out of your way to put me on the show. because it, it really was about David Cho anyway. But that, that really helped me because I wasn't really sure where I stood with it. And I think when people told me that, both men and women, something happened to their parents, they're frustrated and um yeah, I got really mo- emotional on that one. You, we, me and Joe were just talking about this the other day. You got to stop thinking like that. You're, you're in our gang, or yeah. if that's what you want to call yeah. it, or, or in <laughs> our treehouse, and yeah. our click. Uh, we love you, Yoshi, yeah. and so you're always welcome to come yeah, on. Yeah, Joe's been, Joe and Doug's been good to me day one, and so have you. And um, yeah, it's really hard for me to. I'm 43. I'm 44, and you know, Damn, two really? months. Yeah, and it really literally took like last couple years because. My friends, my friend Sam's mom told me like 20 years ago, um, this is right after high school, she tried to give me a hug and I was really uncomfortable. Like, and like, that has changed, you know, but 
it took a long time, you know. It's just my family was crazy. We didn't, we just didn't live our normal life. So, but comedy's always been the cheapest therapy for oh, yeah. me, you know. And like, I like everyone. That's why I'm glad I'm not an actor because a lot of those actors like they're too positive, <laughs> delusional. <laughs> they're too, they're too helpful. But it's fun to hang out with comedians like Ari because you and um, Joe. Joy Diaz, who, who I'm known for a long time from Seattle days, but it's really fun to talk to them because they're exactly the people that you think they yeah. are. With the actors, you just never know. I'm sure there are a lot of them are nice, but um, yeah. Um, so, Brian, you have a successful podcast, and um, have you thought about maybe getting into animation and stuff? Because, you know, I have a lot of artist friends from David Cho, too. I thought you'd be a good guy to make toys, design toys, or... Well, yeah, with the, with that, the cat logo shit that I made, yeah. I, I've always... You know, I've thought about it would be great to someday make that some kind of animation, animation thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I would love to eventually one day do that. And, um, yeah, that's, I guess that would be a dream one day is to have, a, like, a cartoon. It's kind of like a South Park type thing, you know, where you could take the comedy aspect. It would be funny if you guys made a cartoon with a cat, but also Joe and you as kids, yeah. and you guys yeah. knew each other. Oh, yeah. I would and love Joe that. as a 12-year-old still working out. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have Joey Diaz. Yeah. Be, you know, all of, all of my friends just have them be voices in the cartoon. I think that would be amazing and something that I guess to look that I will eventually do or try to. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Now I'm just trying to focus on staying awake because I just am overworking myself, kind of like yeah. a Japanese businessman. Yeah, I want you to do the karoshi. Karoshi, yeah. <laughs> You're doing a lot of stand-up now, right? Yeah, actually, me and Yoshi are going to be at San Diego, San Diego next Thursday, March 14th at awesome. the American Comedy Co. Yeah. And uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have fun there. I love, <laughs> I love working with Yoshi because he's one of the few uh, comics that are at, is as dirty, or if not dirtier than me. Because I, I like being the dirty comic. Yeah. Because I don't think there's enough dirty comedy anymore. I, don't, I think a lot of the dirty, quote-unquote, comics aren't actually doing it the way that they they're not they doing it in to. real life yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and I, I try to do it like like i mean i literally go to massage parlors just so an asian will touch me for an hour yeah. so <laughs> with a happy ending no i'm too nervous for that oh, really but, no but i take dick pills before i do it just in case if that does happen <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny I just had a Korean massage and I was like I really want a happy ending right now I know I know a place that, that does girls that really will, will, I how do they with. do it do they use their fingers yeah, or they, do they have a massage thing <laughs> no, they because do. I was like I can use a massage thing right now just put it on there 10 seconds I'm good homie I know a, yeah, I know a person that does their fingers and fingers or I do I know a place that does their mouth Wait, wait, wouldn't that be funny? A female masseuse or a male masseuse? Okay. Wouldn't that be funny? The place that Brian recommend you walked in. And, and I'm there. And, and Brian's there. But he make a real fake Asian eye. And, uh, I'm wearing a wig, wig on. Yeah. Schoolgirl outfit. You don't look like women. You know. <laughs> That's scratching me. <laughs> What's going on? I, uh, I'm really grateful for you guys because, you know, being as filthy as I am, you get Joseph excluded a lot of the rooms and like Diaz is like even dirtier yeah. and um, Ari and Duncan Trestle and Joey and Stanhope really strange as many years as I've known Doug I've never been in a show with him so I don't know if, <laughs> I don't even know if Doug knows I do stand up but yeah all you guys are great and um, thank God it's, it really has been in my sanctuary because you know I have feelings too you know you don't want to do a show with Russell Peters and Russell's been such a big supporter but his fans are really clean so yeah, right as many shows as he has let me open for him i'm really shocked looking back like 
Well, he really stood by me, Russell. Yeah. He really stood by me, and um, um, I'm I'm really grateful. I have good friends like Dave Attell, Jim Norton, Rich Voss, and all those guys. You know, Jim Florentine and guys who all are, the best, uh, great guys <laughs> who do a lot of edgy yeah. stuff. You know, yeah. so and oh, sorry. Go ahead. I just want to say I'm really grateful to you, Brian, because I got into podcasts because of Drogan several oh, years cool. back before I was in the podcast world myself, and I've always been been a big fan of you guys and you guys have uh i mean i've just always drawn into the philosophies of uh just doing what you preach and just and of course seeking the truth always um and you guys have brought a lot into my life personally and including like the float tank and just knowledge in general so i like am a big fan of you guys and you're the only podcast I listen to and have listened to. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, besides like the ones I'm on <laughs> Sometimes, that I have to listen yeah, to. Yeah, she did tell me that yeah. it was the being fan of Joe Rogan thing that she went to talking shit for like two years, three years. You were, two years. Yeah. yeah. Then, then when this I did must that, be a long two years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was listening to Joe before then. I, I got into floating like five, six years ago and it was because of him. Yeah. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, I'm like really good friends with Crash and Crash would take me to your guys' stand-up shows. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Oh, I, yeah. I remember you, I think. Yeah? I think I've seen you before with, yeah. Yeah. with Crash. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Everybody's connect. Um, I guess we should end. So soon. thank you is what yeah. I'm saying. Thank but you. one question. I, I, I'm still not, from, no, no, Joe that well. He's always been good. But he just seems such a strange guy to me because most comedians are such a fuck-ups. You know, like they have problems and stuff, but he works out, which is like 90% of the comedians don't. And uh, <laughs> I'm just to be honest. Like they, right. we get up two or three in the afternoon, like eat really bad. and But he's so disciplined and he's got a family and like doesn't do anything weird. Like what, what does, I mean, does he come from a very stable home? Because No, he doesn't. That's, yeah, the, that's another the opposite. Wow. Yeah, he uh I think that's why though. I think he realized, you know, looking back at his his family, he's yeah. trying to fix it and not be the same that he grew up in the same That's situation. so hard. Yeah, it really is, but you know, I mean, he's he's I mean, he was like a taekwondo champion, you know, when he was 19 or something like that or wow. 21, he so very of the United States, yeah. you know. So I think he's always had I think he probably attributes everything to martial arts and uh and i think that's what's cool about if you have a, a kid and you get him in martial arts young that's what it teaches you you know it teaches you to be a japanese businessman well <laughs> <laughs> very well said. very disciplined yeah. uh, have regards for others and uh, don't resort to violence which is ironic yeah. you would think that's what you do first but yeah, yeah he um i'm trying to figure out what there's gotta be some gimmick like there's gonna be some it's martial arts i believe like there's gonna be some vice, but like but no, he's, he's he doesn't so have it. into being using his potential as much as possible and trying to yeah. to like always go further and further and and, th- and so into pushing limits yeah. in the brain yeah. that if you're on that wavelength, you're not. There's no time or 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 a reason to have a vice that's yeah. gonna bring you down because you are on a mission and right. you're on a mission to excel, not to have drawbacks or to. I I, you know, I, I think he's addicted whatever. to work. I think he's a workaholic. Well, that's definitely. I really you do because even when I went to Europe, when I checked the schedule, 
uh, when I went to look at Twitter again, different time thing, Joe's always up. Like, what, yeah. what, he, when he the fuck does he, he sleep? I don't think he does sleep. Uh, that, he, <laughs> he sleeps in the flip tank. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, Brian, thanks. I, I, I really got to know you better. And um, thanks for everything that you do because podcasts, it's, it's making people, I mean, I'm telling you, Scandinavia, you guys are like, ma- I'm sure you're massive everywhere in Australia, Canada, and England. But I, I, was, I knew you guys were big when, People in Scandinavia, Norway, Denmark, Finland, and and in uh, Sweden, every one of them, you guys are the number one podcast. Not number one comedy, but number one podcast show. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Well, thank you. I love you guys. All right, Brian. (laughs) Thanks.